Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to continue on another section of the uh, book, The Message by Lance Richardson. And um, to give you a heads up what we're going to talk about a little bit, um, well, first off, the uh, chapter talks about music and temples. Okay, and and so we'll talk a little bit about uh, music as well as some religious aspects because uh, it, it becomes pretty clear what uh, religious affiliation Lance Richardson is as you go along here. But I would like to talk about that a little bit after we uh, read from his experience. But we'll go ahead and get right into it. When I had regained my composure after my lesson of learning by the Spirit, I stood and thanked Randy for his patience with me. Certainly, Lance, Randy said. I understand. Remember, I too had these, experience after, uh, these experiences after my arrival. My hope is that I can give you a chance to taste some of the exciting things you have in store. That is, once you are here for good. From that time on, we talked as if things were not permanent. However, later, after several weeks had transpired with me still in a coma, I began to worry. I would not uh, began to worry. I would not make it back. It just seemed like, or it just seemed that I had been away too long, and it really started worrying me. I was given the chance to go to the go to my hospital room and see my body lying there. It looked so awful. I knew it would take a major miracle for from God to make my body functional again, and thankfully he did grant one. Lance, look at the sky, Randy said, pointing heavenward. It was fantastic. The sky was a beautiful hue of deep blue straight above us and showed gorgeous strands of velvets, reds, oranges, and yellows along the horizon. It was as if it was a majestic sunset. Looking upward, I could see other planets in their orbits. They were so much easier to see from our world than from our world. I could see planets of various sizes. They appeared to me much closer. The Spirit taught me through my thoughts at the, that moment that this was due to the heightened abilities of my senses as a spirit rather than the planets actually being so much closer. I never learned what planets I had seen, but the view was spectacular. Randy shared with me that he had received opportunities to do some exploring throughout some of these other creations of throughout some of these other creations of God while he had been in the spirit world. It didn't surprise me. He had loved hiking and exploring in the mountains as a young man. I would have loved to have had more time at the moment to at that moment to discuss what he had experienced. But there were others waiting for us, he explained. Come with me, Lance. Randy took me by the hand and we headed down a white stone pathway. As we hurried toward our destination, I was trying to soak in all of these new surroundings. There were many people in view. Each seemed so full of peace and happiness. I could not imagine someone not being con completely content and joyous in this sphere. It would be impossible. Suddenly, I looked directly in front of us. We were approaching the most magnificent glowing white building I had ever seen. 
It appeared to be made of white marble and granite. It shot upward for nearly a hundred feet, then stepped inward for perhaps twenty feet. It continued to stair step, to stair step, so like stairs. It continued to stair step in this manner towards, toward the heavens until I could see no higher. There was a massive upper courtyard paved with gold which encircled the entire building. Then from the front where we now we were now standing, approximately 50 stairs of gold descended to a lower courtyard lying in front of two enormous doors. These doors also appeared to be of solid gold. The entire structure seemed awesome in its size and, and architecture. Wow! was all I could manage to say. That is man magnificent. Randy chuckled. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? This is a temple, Randy explained. A temple? I thought temples were for our world. Why would you have a temple here? I asked. There is sacred work that must be done here, which is different from the, that performed on earth. These temples also serve as portals to heaven. What do you mean? I said. Remember, Lance, this is not heaven. Heaven is where God resides. When those who live in heaven need to pass into the spirit world to do their work, they do so through these temples, he explained. The spirit world is composed of two areas, paradise, which is where we are and is the abode for those who live righteous lives, and spirit prison, where those who sought evil in their lives reside. Randy shared with me some of the important meetings that occur in these temples and the sacredness of their functions. Once again, I felt the rushing and warmth of the Spirit testifying to me that what he spoke was truth. We were now standing in the upper courtyard of the temple. I looked behind me as people were busily passing by us. There were several long keyboards which appeared to be suspended in the air about waist high. They were encased in the same white marble let's see they were encased in this same white marble type substance. They were black and white keys as a piano in our world, yet the keyboards seemed to extend further into each direction with additional keys. There were more individuals working on them or there were many individuals working on them. There was no confusion of noise, however. It seemed you could tune into each board as you desired. I had not even heard the music until I sought to understand their purpose. A young woman, dressed in an elegant white robe with, a, with beautiful blonde hair, tumbling down her back, turned and looked, at, looked to me. Hi, I'm Beverly, she said with a smile. Would you like to try something? I'm afraid I might ruin the peace uh, in paradise if I were to play, I confessed. She laughed. That's not important. We're using music to learn important eternal truths. Music is a most powerful conductor of the spirit. We use music to help us in our learning process, she explained. All music? I asked. Well, let's say all true music. In your world, you have much that could never be conducive to the Holy Spirit. She paused a minute, then continued. I'm sure you've experienced it, 
haven't you listened to selections of music and have been moved to tears? Quite often. Uh, quite often when you are moved to tears, it is because the Spirit is intensely present. Do you understand? I do, I said. I smiled at her, then scanned the great numbers of spirits using these keyboards. Many had papers they were studying in connection with what they were playing. Do you want to try it? Beverly asked. I guess you're sure I won't destroy paradise? She laughed and nodded that it would be okay. I was impressed with the incredible happiness she spread with her smile and pleasant nature. It made me wish to be more like her. She and Randy carried such a peace. It was very contagious. These are parts of my experience which are hazy, and for one reason or another, I cannot remember them. Unfortunately, my experience of using the keyboard and further learning of eternal truths is one of them. I cannot remember what took place next, but I was left with the most certain validation that music is a great tool of God. Great truths may be learned by using uplifting music as a conductor of the Spirit. I have always enjoyed music, but I gained a much deeper respect for its eternal purpose. I do remember as we concluded our meeting with Beverly, we hugged. Then I thanked her for the astounding truths that she had shared with me. I will forever remember her, for our lives touched one another, not only by the lessons of music, but by what takes place when spirits embrace. Some of the grandest experiences of my visit were my opportunities to exchange greetings with others. For in their world, they do not wave hello or shake hands. They hug. A spirit can feel another spirit just as I, just as we can feel flesh to flesh. And so they embrace one another. And when they embrace, an amazing experience occurs. It is as if each spirit can transfer a feeling and synopsis of their life to others. Suddenly one knows and understands another more deeply and thoroughly than can ever possibly can be ever possibly through verbal communication. It creates an instant bond of closeness and friendship to build foundations for love for loving one another more perfectly. Oh, how I missed those hugs when I left. Okay, I'm going to stop there as far as the reading is concerned. Very interesting. I really like what's said about music and how powerful it is. And it's interesting to me that that's part of the experience that he forgot. Some people have their memories taken for different reasons, such as a life purpose or something that they need to learn while they're on earth or discover while they're on earth, or sometimes it's because the information is something they shouldn't take back with them to earth, or maybe can't, not physically able. Um, and I don't know if this is one of those situations. I almost suspect that it that it's was just an incredibly sacred, deep experience that was so deep and sacred that that it was just withheld in order to make it easier for him to share his experience and so forth because it appears that that is was an intent 
when he got back was to uh, uh, share his experience or, or that it would eventually be. Now, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the religious aspect of this simply because it's very clear if you know anything about LDS culture, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to which Lance both belonged before and after his experience. Um, it's very clear that that is his background as well as the uh, context that he is experiencing in the spirit world. Now, when I say that, and I've said this many times before, I don't mean it to say, see, you know, this is what, you know, the Mormons are right and, and so forth, because a Buddhist will often have a very Buddhist experience when they return. They will meet the Buddha and they will meet uh, uh, monks and and go to monk temples, you know, I mean, Buddhist temples and so forth in the spirit world, as will, you know, every different religious upbringing, they will often meet the people that are represented by their religion. However, there is plenty of room for shock because, you know, many people, I mean, atheists being a great example, the Howard Storm meets Jesus and he's like, I didn't think there was even a God, let alone Jesus. And, and what about all this Jesus stuff, you know? And, and, uh, and he's enlightened with that. And so what I gather from that is that those parts of any particular religion which are true show up. And any parts that are not true or not conducive with our truest selves, well, they're just not there or they're, they show up in a way that is true. And this seems to be the case with Lance. There are temples, there is work being done, there is music, there is um, family, um, all of which things are very important in the LDS faith. And um, in light of that, I uh, thought I would make a, a, an interesting little side note. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of near-death experiences, and one of the most common questions asked to people are, well, which church is right? You know, from your experience of going to the other side and coming back, which is right? And the overwhelming response seems to be, well, you're asking the wrong question. It's, a, it's almost as if to say that um, you're, you're looking for something to fulfill an ego or, you know, so you can be on the right team, if you will, and so forth. And that is not, from their experience on the other side, that's not what it's about. And so many of them will either not go to any church or maybe they were going to church and stopped going to church. Others didn't go to church and start going to church. And um, from because many people meet Jesus, many people become Christian when they return. Um, however, specifics um, vary considerably. And uh, from my uh, reading of different experiences, there are a few faiths that seem to get a little more attention after the near-death experience. 
the LDS faith being one of them for obvious reasons, the pre-mortal life and the and the spirit world, you know, and all these things that Lance experiences. The other is um, uh, spiritualist church. And I don't know a lot about the spiritualist church, but that's one that comes up a lot. My understanding is they are one of the ones that invite the concept of mediums and, and meeting with a medium to um, communicate with the dead and um, as well as some things about uh, past life regressions or other things um, along the you know the lines of communicating with spirit um, in some way. And so that is a common one. And probably the next in line, uh, well, probably the first in line, but uh, the of the top three, if you will, is non-denominational. Uh, a lot of people, they grow up, say, Catholic, and they have this experience and say, this wasn't what I was expecting from my upbringing. And so they go non-denominational as if to kind of, not to cover the bases per se, but rather to say, you know what, I don't think it's quite like we think it is as far as, you know, which one is teaching all of the truth. And honestly, a lot of people who are Christian end up studying uh, Eastern religions, not necessarily, quote unquote, converting to them, because most Eastern religions are not religions in the same sense that we would look at it in the Christian world. But um, philosophies, if you will, um, that are subscribed to is more the way that you might uh, say that. But people begin to subscribe to some different ideas as found in Buddhism, as found in, in Taoism or, or in uh, Hindu religions. I, you know, it's basically the point is it runs the gamut. Okay, you, you get every different uh, uh, branch of, of persuasion from those who go to the other side and return. And uh, according to my understanding of how uh, the spirit world works, I mean, we're still learning, we're still trying to develop, and if it's, if it's a time to expand a certain aspect of your mind, you may be more interested or more drawn to the things that are taught by different persuasions, be they religions, be they schoolings, be, you know, be they certain topics to study. Um, you know, people get really interested in quantum physics, for example. That seems to be a big interest that many people take on. And, and for those who weren't religious, um, jumping into, you know, math and quantum physics and science and so forth, and, and as well as religion, all kind of seem to fit the same boat for them. For someone who is religious, if their religion taught things that were completely, utterly different than uh, what they grew up being told, um, to the point where they could see that their religion was teaching them things that were absolutely incorrect, they usually tend to have really hard life changes. Basically, it's like, everything I ever believed is wrong, and I have to reframe my brain and decide, am I just crazy, 
And this whole experience was just this weird hallucination that was more vivid than anything in life that felt like it was for years of time passing by. Or has everything I've ever been taught been wrong? Now, what seems to be more often the case is if somebody had a bad experience with their religion and they uh, say they were abused by a pastor or, you know, they basically got this really foul sense of what church is about, they often just reject it altogether. And they leave and they say, I'm a spiritual person. I pray. I read, you know, sacred works of various types. Um, but I am not of any particular religion. That's, that's very common. Sometimes they will go on and, and join some other religion, but they rarely go back to the one they grew up in because of their bad experiences. And that's totally understandable because most religions, and, and by most, I mean most broadly accepted religions, those that aren't tiny little, you know, 50-person cults or whatever you might say, you know, most that have some some broad acceptance in the world, teach principles of love, of acceptance, of not judging other people un, um, unfairly and, and treating people with respect and kindness. And they're taught how to be good parents and, and encouraged to, to help those in need and reach out and so forth. And they're teaching all these principles. And then members of those faiths are, you know, on various levels on that effort of living by what they're being taught. And many, even in leadership positions, are not living what they're teaching, which of course, by all, by the very definition of the world, word, is hypocritical. And so, yes, we, we should not give credence to those people who don't live what they teach. However, it we have to recognize that just because, say, you had a Southern Baptist preacher that abused you in some way or treated you terribly does not mean that that's Southern Baptist's way, okay? And certainly, in any given community, there's going to be thing, some things that are tolerated more than in other places and other things that are not tolerated in places where they might not be otherwise or whatever. So, the point is that I'm trying to get at is... Um, if we just back up a little bit and ask ourselves, why do we believe what we believe? And then try to be open to the ability to not judge other people for their religious uh, persuasions, be they Buddhist, be they Hindu, be they, you know, whatever, if we are more open to it and say, and, and look and see, I see the incredible value in what you believe. And so I can understand why you believe what you do, and I can honor that. There's one near-death experience where one lady who has, who grew up Christian, goes to the other side, saw Christ. She'd never read the Quran or knew anything about um, the Muslim uh, faith, Islam. And uh, 
and yet she said to Jesus something like, according to the Quran, your hundredth name is, and I honestly, I don't remember the, uh, the exact quote that she gave, um, but it struck me that she was talking to Jesus about a Muslim text referring to him. And, and he, you know, basically said that's correct. As if to say, what is being taught in that verse is true. Now, to some people, this may sound troubling. You're like, wait a minute, but the Muslim or Islam is not Christian. And therefore, you know, how does that work? You know, but the point is, is that there is truths. There are truths being taught in every religion I've ever encountered and probably every one I ever will. And, uh, and that's not to say that we should necessarily study every religion that exists. No, we probably shouldn't. There's not time for that. But if we're open to the truths found by other people, we may find ourselves rethinking some of the beliefs that we grew up with. And why is there value in that? For the simple reason that we as spirits want to grow, we want to expand. And the closer we can find to the truths that we have found confirmed either by the spirit or by our, if, if you've had a near-death experience, you know, if you find a faith that stands by particular things, well then maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's some something that can be found in that faith that you wouldn't have found in, you know, another faith or something. You know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we, you reject any truth that you have or any religious background that you have, but rather that you be open to truth and pray. I mean, that's one thing that seems to come back over and over and over again is through prayer, we can receive the guidance that we need. And if you are prayerfully seeking truth, always, sure, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. You're going to think one thing's true and turns out not to be true. But in general, you're going to be guided in the right direction. You're going to make small mistakes, but make big strides in the right direction. Okay, so before we go, I would like to read a couple of comments that were made on the podcast uh, website. And I don't know if I'll always be able to share the uh, comments if they if they end up taking off and we have huge conversations and so forth then obviously won't be able to share them but while we're still growing (laughs) I'm I'm happy to share these I'm I'm excited to share these to hear feedback as well as as get people's insights Um, so these are a couple of comments that were made on the website this first one's from Meg Heinrich this was made on the uh, the entry about buildings, cities, and the temple of knowledge. And Meg says, your podcast has quickly become my favorite NDE podcast. Please keep up the great work and know you're helping to get the major message of love to more people. Thank you for all you're doing. Much love. Meg, that means a 
the world to me to hear you say that. That is so kind of you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Jeff Crawford also uh, comments on the uh, entry that is called, or the episode called, Four Short Near-Death Experiences. And Jeff says, I get more insight from your podcast than I can express. It has value and it's an appreciated service. Thank you. Please continue. You're on the same path as me and I appreciate your journey. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, that, that means so much to me to hear that. And I like how you call this a journey because that's what it feels like to me. It feels like that, you know, for one thing, personally, I feel like I'm on this independent spiritual journey, you know, learning and growing and, and striving to, you know, develop heaven on earth as well as learn what I can about heaven while I'm on earth. And in addition to that, we as, as an entire as spirits, we are on this incredible journey together. You know, I'm kind of, I've heard this uh, analogy that I kind of like, that that those who come to earth are kind of like the spirits who are the special forces or those who are the serious diehards who really, really want to learn some heavy, awesome lessons. They come to earth as opposed to other planets or other uh, and so forth. And, and so it's almost like all of us who are here, you know, and we think 7 billion, that sounds like so many people, but really when you look at how many people there have been and how many people there will be in the future, I mean, we're just this little chunk of people and we're on this amazing journey together and we're preparing ourselves to return back and, and learn what we can and experience what we can while we're here to prepare to return to the other side and to be able to take what we learn to those on the other side who are either waiting to pick up on what we learned or who are maybe preparing to come themselves. I mean, it feels kind of like we're, we're the ones who are in the midst of the battle and that we're preparing to return to tell those who have either been there, how the battle is going, as well as as those who are preparing to go, what the battle's like, and so forth. And it's, it, there's this very, very much of a journey aspect to it. So thank you, both of you, for sharing those comments. Again, if anybody wants to make comments, you can do it either on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org on the individual uh, posts, or you can email Podcast at gmail.com and also we have our uh, hotline if you will that is uh, 970-NDE-CAST and when you call that just uh, it'll give you three minutes um, at a time and if you can't finish uh, what you're trying to share in three minutes just pick up and dial again and uh, and just keep doing it until until you get your full uh experience or or question or whatever that you'd like to share and so that we can uh, put it on the podcast i can do all the cut and paste to to make sure it flows well um afterward it's it's really quite easy to do that so again thank you all of you so much for listening